Hi, everyone. This is Scott Cantrell. Welcome to another episode of Consulting with Authority. Honored today to be joined by Otis McGregor, the founder and principal of Tribe and Purpose. Otis is a former Green Beret and is someone who works as a leadership and success coach with uh, folks everywhere to help them get clarity on their purpose, on their mission in terms of their business, and then build a tribe and a community around it. Otis, I can't thank you enough for carving out some time to share some insights with me, but also, of course, with all of our listeners and viewers today. Scott, great to be here, man. I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. You know, I one of, one of my things is, uh, I, I don't know if I call it, I just call it a thing because I can't think of the right word, is, is you know, if I got all this knowledge and experience, you know, where I tripped and fell, it'd be really good for me. And it's, it's, it's my duty to share that with other people. Hey, you know, ain't tripped and fell, you know, watch out for that crack right there in the sidewalk or that pothole in the road sort of thing. You know, if I hit it, man, it's my duty to make sure that nobody else behind me hits it. So that's, (laughs) I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank you for that that perspective, and and that's a philosophy that um, that's the type of philosophy that people have. Those are the types of people I want to associate with, right? Um, absolutely, and I think that's um, that's certainly why I am in the business that I'm in. Clearly, it's why you do what you do is to is to help others um, and to make their path and their journey faster, easier, and more impactful for the people that they serve. So, uh, again, I love that, love that perspective. So you have a very interesting story. Um, and I'd love to ask you to maybe talk a little about your background and how you got to where you are with tribe and purpose, and then certainly share about what you all are doing at tribe and purpose, who you serve and how you work with them. But let's learn a little bit about uh, your background, um, which I know is, is fascinating from our past conversation. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, you know, when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to, I wanted to fly fighter jets. I, I was, my dad was an aerospace engineer at the time and I lived in the the shadow of uh, B-52s going to bomb the world to oblivion in the cold war days. And, yeah. I knew that's what I wanted to be. And until dad told me, Hey son, you wear glasses, you can't fly. So I did the, did the next best thing. And and quite frankly, now that I know what I know, the best Mm -hmm. thing is I went in the army, uh, joined the army, uh, went to Texas A&M while I was there. I also enlisted in the guard so that I could, I could learn more about what being a soldier is like. Uh, from the very bottom, I was a tank driver and a cavalry scout, uh, and then just a, a regular recon guy. And then I received my commission as an engineer. Uh, took my Texas bride with me up to our, our first duty station. Uh, a, a shock of culture. Uh, people think going overseas to a foreign nation is 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 a shock, but we went to Alaska. Fairbanks, Alaska, nonetheless, that was a shock to the system uh, and a a testament. Especially from Texas, right? Yes, yes. From from Fort Texas, uh, both of us growing up there, up to Fairbanks, Alaska. Welcome to the Army. And uh, there I I learned all kinds of fun stuff in Alaska from ice bridge building to how to break a a eight by two inch piece of steel uh, in the cold. Yeah. Uh, not on purpose. <laughs> uh, understood. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
but while I was there, I volunteered for special forces. Uh, I got selected. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, get assigned to the 10 special forces group, which put us out here in Colorado. And I spent the rest of my career as a green beret and working with the best of the best guys and gals. Uh, my, at my time, mostly men uh, in the unit, uh, but people who, who the best description I've ever come up with that was, was this sort of a, an environment and this sort of culture. Monday morning, show up to work and I say, hey, by Friday, I need three bags of blue bullets, right? Wednesday afternoon, I would have five bags of blue bullets. Yeah. That's the kind of people, the caliber that wow. I got to work with. And then I took it to the next level as I went up and I got to work with those same level of people, uh, soldiers in other nations and our partner nations. So I had just an immense opportunity and experience NATO and other partner nations that I got to work with in my career. In 2009, it was time for me to move on. My That season of my life, it ended. Mm-hmm. I got out of the Army. I did what everybody thinks that they were supposed to do it back then, uh, which is you go work for a contracting company, mm-hmm. Lockheed Martin in my case, which is actually dad's old company. And Lockheed Martin, great company, but something wasn't right. And what it did is I, it put me in this path for the next seven years of bouncing around. I quite literally would work for a company for about 90 days and then something would just not feel right. I wouldn't know what it was. And the longest I lasted was 18 months with one company. And in the span of those seven years, I worked for five different companies and started my consulting firm at the same time Yeah, wow. uh, in, in those gaps. And I never understood until one afternoon, summer afternoon, it's actually a little over four years ago now, sitting here in my home office, had the best job in the world. It was designed for me. I was a chief strategy officer for a small business. Business was headquartered in my hometown, Fort Worth. So even when I had to go back to the headquarters, I was going back home, seeing mom right. and dad, my in-laws, favorite restaurants, buddies from high school, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was great. I was flipping miserable. Wow. I was miserable. The owner was a good, is a good friend of mine still. We still chat. I was miserable, frustrated, miserable. And that summer afternoon, sitting here, feeling sorry for myself, I started to wonder, well, what is it I love? What is it I enjoy? What do I, what do I get fulfillment from in my life? What am I passionate about? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had literally, uh, just a week before, wrapped up uh, my seventh season of coaching boys high school rugby. And as I sat here feeling sorry for myself, scratching my head, I, I was just analyzing my life. I realized that only two things had been consistent for me since I retired from the Army. My family, still married to that same beautiful Texas bride and our three grown kids that we're proud of, and rugby. Believe it or not, that was the only other thing in my life. And as I reflected back on it, I realized that the entire time I'd been coaching rugby started right after I retired from the Army. The entire time, I'd been telling people, the only reason I work is to coach. The only reason I... I do this is to coach. The only reason, and that day clarity happened. Yeah, it all fell into place, and I was like, the only reason I do that is to coach. 
Mm. And I looked at it. I looked at the whole picture of, of rugby, a rugby coach and what it was. And I realized the game of rugby is awesome. I love it. The boys were great. My wife and I had 35 extra sons, six months out of the year yeah. in and out of the house. You can imagine teenage boys, just our driveway full of cars and <laughs> here all the time. I mean, we loved it. We, we really did. But yeah. what I realized was that that final piece was the act of coaching. Mm-hmm. challenging those young men to do more than they thought they could teaching them how to be better, not just on the rugby pitch, but in life yeah. Yeah. and holding them accountable for what they said. And that's when I shifted to still, I was still doing my consulting business kind of as a small side gig. And that's mm-hmm. when I shifted that to focus on helping people get clarity in their purpose and live a life with more intention and more success. Yeah. That is phenomenal. And I, and I love the story. Um, first of all, I, I want to unpack a couple of things. But first of all, thank you so much for your service um, in the role that you played um, in the people that you led and that you worked with. I sincerely appreciate it. That's that's really important. And it's, it's an honor to speak with you and learn more about that, too. Um, in terms of your work after, you, you know, you mentioned uh when that season of your life was over in 09 and you started bouncing around, you, you, you did what you're supposed to do, right. In quotes uh, and, and went into the contractor world. And, and this notion that you're describing, I have felt before um, and certainly have spoken to colleagues and friends who are entrepreneurs or other consultants or business owners in other spaces uh, and speak to clients from time to time who articulate in much the same way that you did, their current position, um, their current company, whether they are interested in starting their own and they're still in you know, the corporate life or they've already started their company, they say, they say almost the exact same words that you did, which is something just doesn't feel right. I'm just not, I, I'm, I know that I can do what, I know I can do this job. It's not about capability. It's not about inferiority. It's about this is not where I'm supposed to be in, in this season of my life. And so all that to say, this moment of clarity that you're describing, you know, I did all this for coaching. Um, that's a moment of clarity that, that I've had it, it, not often, uh, but when it happens, it is like a lightning strike. It is. And it is amazing how um, when, when you are open to that, 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 you will get that affirmation or you will get that realization or that lightning strike or however you define it. And then all of a sudden it's like new motivation. You know, the back straightens up even more and you're off the races and the level of energy is higher. And, um, and then if, if you had this experience too, I suspect that you did, it seems like the world starts to conspire for you uh, when you're on that path that you realize that you are supposed to be on. So, to that end, and I know maybe you're getting a little bit ahead in the interview here, but I think it's it's so appropriate because what I'm hearing you say is you found your purpose and you realized that how critical that was in order to help other people find the same thing and get on their rightful path. When you talk with somebody or when you're having an initial conversation with someone and you're working with them, when they say things like, I'm not sure this is the path I'm supposed to be on, or this doesn't quite feel right. 
what type of response, you don't have to go into all the details of those conversations, but what type of response do you give that person? How do you get someone in the frame of mind for being open to figuring out what their, what their purpose is? Because I think today in this world, um, maybe even more so now than in the recent past, it, it becomes so difficult to figure out. I say figure out, it becomes so difficult to stay open and be aware of where you really are supposed to be. I think because we're pulled in so many different directions and society has predetermined notions of where we're supposed to be or what we're supposed to do. And we listen to those too much rather than listening to our own, you know, um, internal drive. What is the essence of that? How do you coach someone? How do you get someone to be open to figuring out what their, what their focus should be or their purpose should be? Well, your first, first step is, is, what do you want more? Do you want to stay where you are or do you want yeah. to take a chance in what you want to be? Yep. Because the only way you're going to get clarity is movement. The, the metaphor I love to use. So I grew up when I was a boy scout, we used to go canoeing on the Brazos river in Texas, the Brazos river. For those of you who ain't from Texas, ain't never been on the Brazos river. It's flat and it has, yes, it has current. It's slightly more than a lake. Okay. Uh, but there's not a whole lot going on in the Brazos River, right? It's not like whitewater or anything like that. Any of these challenging stuff up in the mountains. And it's, it's not that. But the thing I learned very early in life is the only way you can change direction is with movement. Because if you think about a river, if the river is your life, it's going, whether you yep. want it to or not. Yep. You're going to pop down in your canoe and you're going to sit in the middle of the river and you're going to go downstream. Right. The only way you're going to change keep from running into that bank or, or that rock or, or whatever is you have to change. You have to move faster than the river. Hmm. You have to put effort into the river. You stick the paddle into the water, you pull and your canoe goes faster than the water. Then you're able to maneuver your canoe. The same is for life. Life is going to go and life will continue to go. Life changes whether you want it to or not. The question is, do you want to be intentional in those changes? Do you want to be in charge of those changes? Or do you just want to live life with whatever happens? There's people that are very satisfied with whatever happens, happens. You know, say la vie, inshallah, yeah. uh, you know, those sort of things. If you want to live that life, then then, then that's, that's great. You know, I'm happy for you you're, if you're happy in that life. But for those of us who want to go where we want to go, want to create a vision yeah. that we're not sure of? Because I can tell you that day I, I said I had clarity. <laughs> yeah, clarity in that day to take a step. Yeah. And each right. day I've walked that path and it has changed and I've tweaked it and I've modified it because what I say I do today is much different than what mm-hmm. I said four years ago. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that is the movement that creates the clarity. The closer you get to stuff, you know, in the military, another thing we used to do in the military, you do those recons. Yeah. The reason you do a recon, the reason you go out, either the leaders or or the scouts go out and look at what the bad guys are doing is so that you can have eyes on it. So you can get closer and see it and move forward. Now we have drones that do the same thing for us, but they're still doing that. They're getting us clarity on what we want to achieve. The only way you're going to ever get it is to move towards it. Otherwise, 
you can sit back and just let life happen to you, or you can be intentional and be in charge of your life. Yeah. I, I love this metaphor of the flowing river um, because I can relate to it so much because there have been absolutely, there have been times in my life where um, uh, I'm just riding, I'm riding, I'm riding the river and it'll take me somewhere. Maybe it's a fun thing for a while, but at some point I do realize, you know, I, for me, and like you said, others are fine in, in, in that flow and that's great. But for me, I realized this is not the path that I want to be on. It's not the direction I wanted to go. I wanted to go somewhere else. And so I do remember um, having those moments of clarity, but exactly like you said, I, I, I completely understand what you're talking about. Clarity in that moment to take a, to take a step. I love mm -hmm. that phrase because it doesn't mean that as soon as you know your mission and your purpose, that everything's easy or that there's not going to be, there's not going to have to be any effort or, um, you know, resilience or persistence. No, you're going to have to have that. It's the value of the purpose. It's the, it's, it's your desire to achieve that thing. That's going to allow you to persist. And I think that's what you're getting at is finding something so worthwhile for you that yes, you'll have obstacles, but you'll, you'll be motivated to get over them. Yeah. Well, and I've had clients that, you know, they'll, they'll, They'll take the time and they'll write, they'll put purpose, colon, and they'll write some phrases out. Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, well, what if it's wrong? And I'm like, what if it's right? What if it's, what if it's one step is right? What if yeah. the, even, even, even this, even mm -hmm. this, for those who are hesitant, what if that first step is wrong? Because then guess what? You know, don't do that again, right? It's still progress. Little progress, you know. When I work with uh, veterans, one of my, one of my passions that I that I fulfill all the time is giving back to my veteran tribe, and I, I work with uh, active duty service members that are transitioning out. Mm -hmm. It's a really difficult thing because it's like I don't know what to do. I did this yeah. really cool stuff in the army. I really had a great time. It's man, it was awesome. But I don't know all this other stuff. Yeah. So I said, well, sometimes knowing what you don't want to do can help you get clarity in what you want to do. And that's, it's, it's amazing in that exercise. And for your listeners, anybody that's in that sort of, I'm not sure I'm not, well, right, what is it right. you don't want to do? Take those things off the table and then start to look at what's remaining. And then you can start to test. You could even narrow it down to four or five things and try this. Yeah, eh, that was okay. But was it really, well, then try this. Yeah. But yeah. You, you know, you're, you're still making movement and you're in charge of it. That's the thing that I get. Can you tell I'm excited? You're in charge of it. I mean, intention, intentionality, living life with intention. Yeah. Is so powerful. So exciting. I mean, I get, man, when I, when I hear clients and, and I'm doing group coaching and, and people start to, you can just see it. You can see that wheels turn. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to launch this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the boss and make this recommendation. I'm going to, all these sort of things. Yeah. They're yeah. taking charge of their life. Right. And it's just so fulfilling for yeah. them yeah. And, and me, because of now course. I'm like, wow, cool. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 you don't need me to affirm that, but in my own experience, I, I, I completely hear you and, and am right there with you. It is one of the most exciting things to help someone take charge of, of, some area of their life or business that that they've struggled with taking charge in, or they didn't know what to do. And 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 the note that I wrote this down uh, in a couple of different ways because you you said it in a couple of different ways, and I love it. The key thing I keep hearing you say is just act, just do something. 
um, and do it with intention. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. You learn from that and you do something else. You take the next step. You do something. Rather, if, if you want to achieve something, then you have to, like you said, with the river, you have to move toward it. And yes, you may be wrong in, in the path toward it, but that's okay because you'll learn and you'll redirect. Um, it's like, um, you know, I'm reminded of, uh, I can't remember where I first heard this metaphor, but it's like the guidance system on, on, a, on a missile or a rocket, right? That, that missile or rocket doesn't go in a straight line from A to B and hit its target. It is constantly zigzagging across the target path. And that guidance system is constantly keeping, you know, course correcting. And that's exactly what, what we have to do if we want to go from A to B it would be naive to think that we're just going to get there in a straight line and everything's going to work out perfectly. And there's no obstacles or resistance or anything. Um, we have to zigzag and it's those obstacles and that persistence that make it worthwhile and that, you know, make us better along the way. I think this is, this is fantastic work that you're, that you're doing. And um, I can tell you from time when I was um, much younger and starting out in the freelance consulting world, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to call my own shots. I knew I would be a function, a, a dysfunctional employee. If, <laughs> if I tried had the capability, but not really the, the desire. Um, and so I knew I needed to call my own shots and be an entrepreneur, but beyond that, and I knew I had a love for business and a love for helping people, you know, grow their business. But beyond that, in terms of what that looks like or how to engage, I had no idea. And I had a ton of, of false starts, and did things wrong and made mistakes and asked for forgiveness and some grace from time to time. But I learned and eventually got to a point where I could make it into a career where I was being, you know, uh, able to, to drive the business intentionally. And, and still today, you know, I'm making mistakes and learning and recalibrating all the time. But um, this, this is just as good motivation for me as it is, I hope for, our, I know for our listeners and viewers. If, if you get stuck or if you just don't know what to do, if you get into overwhelm, just act, just take action, especially in today's world where it's so easy to get frozen, right? We're recording this, um, you know, people could be listening to it anytime, but we're recording this and this is going to be re released around the time, hopefully, knock on wood, that we're coming out of this global pandemic. And over the last 18 months, I'm interested in, in this part of your conversation because I, I, I'd love to hear your insight in this. Conversations that I've had with people specifically independent consultants, um, is I don't know what to do. I'm just going to wait it out. I'm frozen. Uh, my prospects and my clients don't want to act. And so I'm not going to act. And, and my advice to them is that in, in a polite professional way, <laughs> Otis, my advice to them is that's the wrong mentality. Uh, mm -hmm. You've, if you want to achieve something, you've got to, you've got to take action. If you want to help your clients achieve something, you got to help them take action. What's been your perception over the, I'm interested because this is a unique challenge in our lifetime that we've had to navigate and deal with. What has been your experience in terms of, of working through your own business or working with clients through the challenges of, of the crazy world we've been in the last 18 months? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it, it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine because it's an environmental effect. Mm. And an environmental effect is something that you can have. It's no different than going out and playing in the cold. You can, you can adapt yep. and you can accept and you can still do it, but it's only an environmental effect. And if you use it, and, and oh, by the way, I got, a, I got a lot of little pet peeves about this thing. I don't call it COVID because I don't think it deserves 
the big capital letter and big thing. To me, it's Rona. A little mm-hmm. apostrophe, a little R. It's just the Rona. That's all I've, I've all I've ever called it. The Rona is an environmental effect. And if you choose, you can use that as an excuse to not do anything. Yeah. If your clients, if you're in that, like the, the consultant that you described, if, if that consultant's clients stop taking action, and a lot of people did because they didn't know, they threw up their hands and said, oh my God, right. I don't know what right. to do. Exactly. So what did everybody do? They sat back and watched Netflix. Guess what Netflix did? They kept pumping stuff out. Yeah, they, they did. were winning. Yeah, the rest of us, not me. I was, I was still going, and actually, Miss Suzanne, my wife, was still going too in her business. Yeah, because we chose to, we yeah. chose to adapt to the environment and not use it as an excuse. I am the the other piece of this is the new normal. Right. You know what? Life changes every day. Yeah. Every day is a new normal. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's just another environmental effect. And if, if you look at it in that respect, it's no different than, you know, it's it's cold. You know, the temperature, we, we had a cold front come in. It feels like winter came in last night here in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. You know, and okay, so guess what? I put a jacket on when I walk now. Yeah, I do. Yeah. If I got to wear a mask, I put a mask on. If I got to get a shot, I got to get a shot. You know, all these sort of things. Yeah. But I'm not allowing the environment to stop me from achieving my yeah. purpose. That's yeah. when you think about it in that way, you can, you can choose inaction and choose outside things out of your control as an excuse for inaction. Yeah. Or you yeah. can look at them as a challenge and an opportunity for how can I do better? How can I, how can I accelerate and have more success in spite of, in, this, yeah. in spite of, you know, it yeah. just this just popped into my head. There's a great book, um, Blue Ocean Strategy. Great book, love, absolutely. Love the Me concept. Too. Yeah, we were comparing books the other day, weren't we? Yeah, uh, <laughs> love the concept of it. Man, what an opportunity! Yeah, if you're a transportation person, if you're a a manufacturer, to to overcome and figure out how to get in front and be a different, you know, create that differentiator to get in front of your competition. You know, there's a hundred manufacturers of, of soda cans or whatever, right? Man, if I could figure out how to not shut down and not do this and not not be affected by the supply chain. Oh, here, here's a great one. A, a client mm-hmm. uh, does uh, roofing, flat roofs. And yeah. that's, they're having issues in their area with supply chain. Okay. Yep. And, and what he did is he took a risk, a capital risk. And he invested in supply to repair roofs. Mm-hmm. The only guy, the only company in the area for like a hundred miles that has enough material on ta- on hand, maintains enough material on hand to start a job tomorrow, as opposed to waiting two to three weeks yeah. for the supplies to come in. Wow! Yeah, that's that's taking advantage of it. Right. That's that's what that's what you do. If you're an entrepreneur, yeah. How do I solve this problem next? Yep, I, I love it. I, I wrote down. Um, you talked about acceptance and adaptability, and I wrote down acceptance plus adaptability equals resilience. Yeah. And 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 maybe it's more complex than that, but I'm not so sure that it is. Um, you know what you're talking about is is looking at the externals, the things that we don't have direct control over, right? What you're talking about is 
looking at what we don't have direct control over, those things can still affect us. Absolutely, they can. They can compel us to change or compel us to freeze or, or compel us to fight against it. You know, or we can choose that or we can choose to, okay, this is, this is a reality right now, this new environment, this external issue we're having to deal with whether it's the Rona or economic down, downturn or supply chain bottlenecking or whatever it is, it's a reality. We can accept it and get creative and adapt to it and take it and, and take advantage of it to create an acceleration of growth or uh, impact, depending on what we're doing, or we cannot do that. But at the end of the day, that's our choice, right? We get to make that we're in charge is what, is what I'm hearing you say is even though those are external issues, you get to decide how you react to them. Yeah. And, and that's the bottom line. You know, you, you get a choice. Uh, I believe it's, I believe it's Aristotle who said that the, there is a gap between the, the action that happens to you and your choice to take action. I've, I've flubbed up as I do all my quotes, by the way, that's just written down right in front of me. But that, I mean, if you just think about it in that sense, yeah, I have that long to make a choice. Yeah. And that even, even at that point, my choice may be, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to analyze a little bit more. Sure. Of course. You know, the other way I like to refer to that is uh, shifting from reaction to proaction. Yes, I love that. Yep. Shift our mindset because, you know, hanging out, hanging out in the bar back in the day, me and the fellas and having a couple of drinks and somebody comes around and rounds the corner a little too tight for me. And I say something to him, mm-hmm. dude, hey, and he turns around and punches me right in the square in the jaw. Yeah, I got that long to decide to decide. What do I do? Yep. An intentional person who's smart, relaxed, in control, smiles. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because violence only creates more violence, right? Yeah. It's perpetual. Anger only yeah. creates more anger. And right. to solve the problem, how about smiling at that person? I love always love telling people always like, oh, you push the sh-. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Turn around and smile, man. Yeah. Because you know what? Man, and this is a bigger thing. Think about it, what a smile does to a situation. Now, yeah. does a guy punch me again? If he punches me again, I may not smile the second time. No, at some point you defend yourself, right? But the you're trying to mitigate the issue by by completely changing the paradigm in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Because you get to choose. Yeah. You truly get to choose. Right. I mean, the the accident on the way to work can be the worst thing that happened to you in your life, or it could be an opportunity. Mm. Yeah. If you choose it to be, no matter how bad it is, if you choose it to be an opportunity, it can be an opportunity. If you look for the opportunity with the right mindset, the right idea, you can see opportunity in anything. Yeah, that's right. It, it It is all about perspective and the meaning that we give experiences that we have or the meaning that we give the stories that we tell ourselves right? Um, the beliefs and the values that we have, what meaning do we assign to them? And that, you know, obviously directly affects our behavior. It's very easy to me to see uh, why people would want to work with you, Otis. Um, so to that end, let's talk a little about the nature of your business. I'm, I'm always interested in um, how, 
folks in our space, right? So a very broad space, a very diverse space in terms of how people do business, business models, who people work with and that type of thing. But maybe give us a general breakdown of how tribe and purpose works, who, who, who your target um, you know, clients are, the, the people you can serve the best, and then the nature of the services and support that you, that you provide to them. What does that look like? Well, we like to focus in on uh, small business leaders. Mm-hmm. And the reason small business, it's not that uh, corporate leaders don't, don't fit in, but it's just small business in that niche of flexibility and adjustment. Yeah, you know, large businesses, you can make change, but it's it's it takes a lot more effort. Slow. There's nothing wrong with that. There's different ways and different approaches for those clients that I've I've had and have over the over the years. Our our favorite is small business leaders, and what we do is the our our, our primary target are, the, are those small business leaders that think they know what their purpose is, think they understand, have some values, and what they're what their vision for the next five years of success is, and but they're not they're not confident in the execution. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we bring them together with other other business leaders. We we do it. We call this our power tribe. We bring them together, and we do we get together twice a month, and we facilitate a go round with the team with that tribe to accelerate each other's success. And we started off, I'll give you a real quick how, how we run through a, a facilitated tribe meeting. We start off, we go around the table. It's virtual, but around the around the virtual table, everybody celebrates and identifies three wins because we, we want to celebrate and build on success. Side note a little on this, too many people don't ever pat themselves on the back go buy themselves an ice cream cone with sprinkles as a reward for doing something right. Yeah. Too many people are critical of themselves and saying, man, I didn't do anything right. BS on that one. Right. Yeah. Uh, but so we celebrate success That's right. and, and as a group, then the next thing is we go back around the table and we identify each of us identifies a block or an obstacle that prevented us from, achieving an objective or a goal that we had wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. And that, that is where we, the, the beauty of it really starts to happen. Celebrating success together. That's pretty easy. You know, we can all high five, great job. But when you start to share, this is what's holding me back. This is what's screwing mm-hmm. me over in my mind. Right. You start to share that with a group of people, you bring this, group of people into this tight knit tribe that is willing to work together and help each other, both, both right there. And in those, in those couple hours together twice a month and outside of that. Then after we've done that, we'll go back. I will give myself or one of my coaches gives a bit of a lesson. We've got a, a leadership program that we walk everybody through. We call the green beret leadership program. So we give about a 20, 30 minute lesson there. And then we go to the what's the meat of the meeting. And this is what I call the primary. And it's a rotating position. So each person gets a turn. The primary shares a problem set or even a business idea. Not always have to be something wrong, right? Don't don't always think problem is wrong. Problem, right. problem could also be what's next. Hey, I want to right. grow my business. I want to try this. They bring that to the team, the tribe 
ask questions, clarifying questions to get a better understanding and some background information and things of that sort. Sure. Then the primary goes on mute. And the reason the primary goes on mute is because now we're going to brainstorming. Mm-hmm. The tribe is the rest of the tribe is going to brainstorm solutions and ways ahead that 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 the primary can handle or move forward or choose from. And so, yeah. man, the energy levels at that point is really it's yeah. really phenomenal. Sometimes, uh, yeah, when I have the evening meetings, I, I gotta. I got to take a couple of walks around the block to calm down. My wife, usually where, where Miss Suzanne shoes me out the door is like, all right, you know, she's already wound time. down for the night. She's like, leave me alone, go away, go walk. Uh, right. Because it is, it's so exciting. And and the reason the primary goes on mute, because what do we tend to do when we hear somebody say, they go, hey, blah, blah, blah. And you go, oh, yeah, well, you know. We tried that, that, that or they dismiss it never or work. that won't work or, yeah. yeah. They go into the yeah, but mode. Have you right. ever heard the yeah, but mode? It's that sort of. You know, yeah, but yeah, but so I put them on mute on purpose so that they cannot. Fortunately, I haven't had too many of them give really weird faces. I haven't had to turn the camera off. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that will be next, though, if it happens, right? Yeah, occasionally, that does. They get some weird looks, and they're like, <laughs> so that we do that, and when that winds down, we go back around the table. Everybody but the primary identifies what they gained. Mm. From that discussion and how they can apply something from that discussion to themselves and their business. And it's it's a really exciting time. I mean, it, it the the way the tribe comes together after just a couple of you know probably about the third meeting. You know where you kind of now now you don't have to read everybody's name at the bottom of the Zoom call each time. You start to right. understand who they are and the. the 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 way that everybody starts to interact is just an amazing thing. And those those elements that we do is what brings everybody together and becomes more than just more than just that that meeting twice a month. Yeah. It becomes this group that you can rely on. Yep. For advice and excitement, uh, for celebrating, hey, you know, posting on a on a, a WhatsApp group or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, guess what? I closed that deal or or what, you know, that idea that you had, I, I just implemented and it's freaking exploding or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, and here's another thing about that. Mm-hmm. When you send in that brainstorming, the primary is taking notes. And guess sure. what? You pick one. Say, I'm going to try this one, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if that one doesn't work. Guess what? You've got a list. Yeah. You've got a list of five, six, 10, 15 other different things yeah. that may work to right. try. I mean, it's great. Oh, and there's one other thing. So the next meeting, mm-hmm. the primary briefs us back. Yeah, this great. is what this is the action I'm taking. This is the direction I'm heading. Yep. So we're we're in constant communication and feedback to see what's going on. That's really oh, that's nice. That that's the power drive, and that's that's you know I get excited about it as you can tell. It's it is a is a really the the members when they come together, it's a really powerful thing for them and helps them get clarity in their purpose and helps them walk towards and have more success in their life. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I, I can tell you from personal experience, and then from working in this world of working in the consultant world in particular entrepreneur, small business leader, uh, small business owner world. 
how often I have felt uh, I'm, I'm an island, right? Uh, I'm, I've got colleagues. I've got friends. I have a fantastic network. Certainly, I will tell you one of the best things that I have done uh, in terms of my own business to, to be able to converse and to expand the network with people that I know I can come back to with ideas or, or to have good conversations is this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Meeting with people like you having open collaborative conversations, whether in the interview or otherwise, um, it's been tremendous. But how often as small business owners, we feel isolated, we feel alone. And, and our families are fantastic in terms, uh, hopefully our families are fantastic in terms of support and encouragement, but they're not in the same seat, right? We, we should not expect them to be able to give us that type of business advice. They haven't been there right? It's not their responsibility to have that knowledge or that expertise. And so uh, to be able to mastermind or collaborate or brainstorm or, you know, work with a group of people that you become close to and that you can trust, who are where you are, who who have dealt with some of the problems that you're dealing with now, um, and then vice versa, to be able to contribute back to them. I, uh, that, that is a, a phenomenal type of model I think that you've created. How large are those groups? How many folks do you find is the optimal number for that type of experience? Uh, We cap it at eight. Yeah. Got to have a minimum of four plus the facilitator. Yeah. But we cap it at eight. I found that, and the reason I cap it at eight, because you can really go to 10. Mm -hmm. I found that anything above 10, you're starting to get into a larger group dynamic. Yeah. You have some people that just in their personality, you know, I'm not going to label them as introverts or anything like that, but just in their personality, they don't feel comfortable. And, and it's much harder. The other thing I've, I've learned over the years, too, is it's much harder to, to really bring together a large group and make them feel cohesive as an organization, as a team. Yep. And that, that group of eight to 10 is really ideal. It's powerful. It's enough people to get all these different perspectives. Because mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, 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 when you were talking about that feeling of you know alone, I always always think of the hey, does anybody else care about the business here? You know, the yeah, owner yeah, right. His office and yells that out to the shop floor, right? I mean, sometimes that you feel like that. You feel like yeah. you need to walk out on the shop floor and scream that out, right? Right. Yep. Now, I mean, it's not that they don't, but their priority is their job, their own family, right? Their own well-being, right? They're not in your seat. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, I, I, I completely relate to that. Um, let's talk a little bit how this, how, how this organization, what you're doing, uh, when you started it, what, what were some of the actions you took to get traction initially and so to build that first power tribe? And maybe what are you doing now um, in, on a marketing or business development basis to, to keep uh, new groups being built and and bringing them, you know, bringing new people together. What does that um, business development strategy look like? Well, a couple of things. Uh, one of one of the biggest things that we do is we create content. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a weekly newsletter, Monday Moments. I uh, love for folks, which is fantastic. Start. I've been getting it since we talked thank last, you. and thank, thank you, you for including me on the list. I I appreciate that. We we have a heck of a time. I mean, it, it's. It's 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 an enjoyable thing. I mean, go back to what I said at the very beginning of our podcast here. I've got this knowledge and I want to share it. Yeah. And that's one of the means I do it. Another one is uh we do we do uh just social media postings on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, 
and Instagram short videos, you know, anywhere from one to three minutes, uh, some imagery stuff to just generate, generate the brand, keep the knowledge out there, sharing the knowledge and, and generate interest there. And then the, the final thing is we always ask for referrals, you know, and, yeah. and with people that we work with, Hey, if you got something out of us, who else do you know in your network that may be a good fit? They, this may work for them. Uh, you know, that's for, for anybody in business. If you're not asking for referrals, man, yeah. that is, you're, you're missing out on an opportunity to save a lot of money on marketing. Uh, <laughs> and time and effort and stress. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's, that's those are probably the, no, not probably. Those are, I mean, that's really the, what we do. That's how we do it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, I would also assume once someone is in an initial group meeting like that, um, it becomes very clear to them if that is something where they're going to thrive or if it's something that's not for them. Right. I, I would imagine that in a group setting like that, the people who come and the people who you want to be in the group are largely self-selecting too. Yeah. Yeah. Because what we, what we have and, and, you know, if you kind of look at it this way is power driver, people committed, right? Sure. Yeah. They're, they're like, Hey, I think I have a purpose and I want to, I want to get to it. I want to, I want to work with other people in that same mode. The next step down, if you will, are people that are like purpose. Well, how do you spell that? <laughs> yeah. And we call, we call that group, know your tribe. And that's a, okay. that's, that's a larger group of people. We don't, we don't limit that to just, you know, the, the eight, because we yeah. have, we have multiple power tribes uh, with the know your tribe. It's a larger group. But we still get together once a month and have a have a bit of an education. We have some we have a subject focus that we go through. But that's for people that are you know well. And, and I mean, quite frankly, the reason we came up with Know Your Tribe is uh, my son Camden. You know, he's in that uh, at least twenty five. You know, twenty five year olds, a couple of years out of college, they're like, I don't, you know, sure, somebody yeah. said I'm supposed to have live life with purpose and do all. I don't. I just. Uh, Right. So that's yeah. it's a great fit for for those people. Notice me not saying kids. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly where I was at that age. Like I just yeah. mentioned it out of school. It's like, I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 My degree says I should do this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I cheated. I went in the army and somebody told me what to do. For 20, <laughs> years. Right. <laughs> And that, I didn't to, have to have a purpose. I was told uh, what it was. Right. You were told your purpose, but in, in so doing you, you found it right. I mean, yeah. in oh, so yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that And that's what know your tribe is, is for, is for people that just kind of want to test it out and, you know, share stuff with people I don't know. And, you know, I, that sort of thing. And, you know, that's, you know, trying to figure out, you know, Snapchat and, those other things, because that, that demographic, they're not, they're not posting things on LinkedIn and, and, uh, right. and Facebook and maybe the picture or two on Instagram, but they're on Snapchat and, you know, it's, it's the, it's the note, it's the shot and it's gone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's completely gone. And so that this helps them understand that you don't have to be that way. You don't have to be in that instantly gone flash in the pan. You can right. be part of something bigger than yourself and, and learn to grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I love that metaphor uh, uh, re related to social. Um, 
So let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, we're coming up on time. I always ask this question and I'm really fascinated to hear your response to this over your career, right? Personally, professionally, uh, through the military, then your career in corporate and now leading uh, a tribe and purpose, top lessons learned uh, that would be, that in your perspective, would be relevant for our consultant viewers and listeners today? Uh, number one, and this is a, a lifelong thing from very early in my military career on, is always have a plan. Mm-hmm. And then number two is always be willing to throw the plan out the window. Uh, <laughs> Because there is no such thing as a perfect plan. But the reason the plan is important is because then you have a known point to start with and a known point to come back to. Remember when we were talking about purpose, if you take that that first step, you're like, this is it. You take that first step and you go, oh, no, it's not. Okay, well, I'll come back to that known point. Yep. Thinking, you know, learn this, uh, learn this the hard way in land navigation. You know, you go Mm -hmm. out in the woods and the swamp and those sort of things. And you get misoriented because you never get lost. You get misoriented. <laughs> you got to know where's that known point to get back to to find out, well, okay, let me readjust and see if I can try and find that point again from yeah. this. And that's that's what a plan gives you. So that's that's probably, and, and, and truly, and I said it is a joke, but it's being willing to throw the plan out the window. You make assumptions, you you do your risks, and you do all these things, you put it together. And then the Rona happens and the plan goes out the window. So then you right. adjust, right? Right. You you put it, you put into contingency plans. I mean, we could talk for hours about different ways of doing these sort of things, but that's that's really it. And yeah. then I'll shift to another favorite subject of mine, which is leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's the trust triad that I didn't really define this until a couple of years ago, but I I, I learned that I'd been living it. And what the trust triad is, is you have to trust yourself to make the best decision that you can. You have to believe that the decisions that you make for yourself and your team are the best that you can with the information you have. Yep. Number two, you have to trust your team to do what you hired them to do. You hired them for a reason. Trust them to do that. If you don't trust them to do that, then they shouldn't be on your team. Right. So trust your team to do that. And those two things add up to the third leg of that triad, which is your team trusts you to have their best interest in mind. So the trust triad is trust yourself, trust your team, and then your team will trust you. That's as a leader, Mm. that's what we have to be. We have to have that trust and belief that we can make the right decision. Trust and belief that the guys and gals that we hired into our team are the right people and can do the jobs that we hired them to do. And then they have to trust us to do the best for them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I love that. Uh, Thank you for sharing. Those Those are fantastic. And many times I've had a plan and had to throw it out, but... Uh, but it's exactly what you said. You go back to the known point. Go back to wherever you wherever you diverted from, wherever it stopped working. Go back yeah. to that point and then try a different path. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I can I I am am confident that there'll be listeners and viewers of this podcast who will want to learn more about tribe and purpose, about what you guys are doing, potentially to participate 
and engage. If someone wants to learn more about you, um, Tribe and Purpose, how to engage, where should they go? Where can they learn more? Sure. Our website is tribe-purpose.com. Real simple, tribe-purpose.com. Upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says get started. We've got a lot of great information about our philosophy, about the tribes and about uh, having your purpose and living life with intention. And there's some, uh, you know, a little bit of my bio, a little bit of Camden's bio on there, but -hmm. really click the get started button. It'll take you to another, a, a second page. And on that second page, you can sign up for the Monday moments newsletter. And then the other thing that you can do on that page is schedule a call with us. That's great. Real quick call, discuss and see, Hey, are you, are you a good fit for us? And we a good fit for you. Cause you know, it's a relationship. It's right, not right. here. Let me shove this down your throat and how we do things and how our philosophy and our values. No, we, we need to have those aligned. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the, one of the most important things uh, and easiest ways to get into the tribe. And I'm always open for connections on LinkedIn. So just right. following me on LinkedIn because you can get uh, a lot of free information from us there. We we also have a tribe and purpose uh, page on LinkedIn. But if you get, if you just follow Otis on on LinkedIn, you'll get you can get that material. But I'd love to have you sign up for Monday Moments. Like I said, and it's you know uh, I'll let you in on a secret. Thursdays is my draft draft uh, Monday Moments day. Gotcha. And I, I just I smile when I get it done because I'm like, yeah, that's that's how I feel, and that's that's what I'm thinking about this week. And and I'm, I just I always wonder all weekend until about noon on Monday. Does somebody does somebody get something from it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I will tell you, I have. Again, thank you for putting me on the list. And I would encourage everyone uh, to, at the very least, go learn more and sign up for Monday Moments. Because it is, uh, it's a refreshing, uh, a refreshing message, especially at the beginning of a week. So it's a good way to, good way to kick off the week. Otis, uh, sincerely, uh, it has been an honor and a privilege to speak with you today. I appreciate the expertise. I appreciate your perspective and your philosophy. I have three full pages of notes right here. Um, so again, thank you so much, and I look forward to uh, continuing our conversation. Thanks for having me, Scott. I really enjoyed talking to you. Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, for Consulting with Authority, this is Scott Cantrell, as always, wishing everyone out there the best of success. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Smart Solutions Media. Smart Solutions Media empowers business owners, consultants, and other independent professionals to easily attract better prospects, and transform them into long-term clients. If you're a B2B consultant or service professional and would like to start filling your pipeline with better quality prospects, visit us on the web at smartsolutionsmedia.com to learn more about what we can do to help you. Be sure to complete this short two-minute accelerated growth scorecard you can find on the website and you'll receive a complimentary strategy session where we'll give you specific insights and recommendations to help you attract high-value clients. Until next time, Make sure you are consulting with authority.